With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blanket double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon, not Dave. No. Brandon, how are you? I'm great. Despite not being Dave, I'm great. <laughs> uh, though I'm I'm suffering from a legitimate case of IBS, Josh. <laughs> International break syndrome? Yeah, you got it. You guessed it. <laughs> Definitely not irritable bowel syndrome, but it's it's that it's that uh, it's, it's that time that happens every month or so where mm-hmm. we just for for some reason have to take a break from our beloved FPL. I know. It's uh this this one I kind of need to be totally honest. I feel like I kind of uh uh I I need a little bit of a break. I had a moment on Saturday where you know, it's like sometimes it's the it's the hope that kills you, Brandon, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh you know, there was a moment and I, I don't want to get too like but this is like, it's just a this will not matter to anybody. But it's but it's such a specific fantasy moment that I'm going to relay it anyway. Okay, right. So no one's going to be sympathetic to me, but I'm just going to tell the story anyway. So I, I bring in, I, I bring <laughs> Why in. Why else would we start a podcast <laughs> if not for these moments? So I bring in Ryan Fredericks uh, on my transfer, and uh, you know, kind of a, a tight first half. Uh, Alaire blows a couple of chances. I've got Alaire on my team as well. Uh, right on the 55th minute or something like that. Beautiful pass from Fredericks. Alaire sticks a toe out, scores the goal. Uh, it's incredible. My 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 newly transferred in uh, defender assisting mm-hmm. my assisting my somewhat differential uh, forward, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm like, this is incredible. And like, it goes into 60th minute, 65th minute. I'm like, I'm going to get a clean sheet and assist and three bonus points. I'm going to get two from Alaire. So we get 20 point haul from this game. 
And then it was like everything just sort of like ticked away. You know, it was like I got two yellow cards and I, both yellow cards led directly to the goals as well. Um, and it was like I did my, all my bonus points went away. All of my points went away. And I went from a projected 20 to a projected eight. And it was like, on the one hand, you're like, it's eight points. I can't be too mad here. But on the other hand, I was like, I hate this. I, like, I was like, I need a break. Because yeah. uh, it was just the, the stress sometimes. It's out of your control, you know? And that's why I always encourage managers to never preload their clean sheets. The sure. temptation is sure. at the 61st minute, let's load up the app, load my clean sheet points. Because it will inevitably happen that the clean sheets get wiped out. And there's nothing worse than knowing uh what the maximum points would have been and to see them just totally. dwindle away it's and really I, depressing i had loaded them but I, I you can't save yourself from mentally loading those points brandon <laughs> sure yeah yeah no totally yeah. yeah i'm not blaming you for all these clean sheet wipeouts <laughs> no i'm not uh so brandon thank you I, i'll just quickly note uh a, a big thank you to uh, dave wagner lodal who uh, he and i actually recorded a podcast last night uh on sunday night uh which to to some audio problems completely on my end and uh, stop that podcast from being available. And so uh, we're actually re-recording a second podcast tonight. It's kind of like there's a Kurt Vonnegut book called Time Quake. Are you familiar with this? Where everyone shoots back in time 10 years and they all have to relive the last no, 10 I'm years not, of their life. It's, I'm it's, not familiar. Is this a little bit like Sliders starring Jerry O'Connell? It's Sliders adjacent for sure. Okay. It's part uh, of the Sliders extended universe. So I am I am reliving uh, yesterday's podcast uh, with with a new co-host. So it's a very, very strange experience. But thank you to Dave. Sorry for, for taking up your Sunday. Uh, but it's it's good to be here, Brandon. I, I'm getting two, two bites of the apple here. So uh, <laughs> make it count. Time. Make it count, Josh. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, how are you, Brandon? Um, I'm great. Yeah. Despite, um, as I said, the IBS that I'm suffering from, I'm on my third green arrow in a row. Which, mm-hmm. you know, uh, coming off of a tricky week, game week eight was, you know, it was it was a really mixed bag for a lot of managers, and um, I feel like I saw the lows of Manchester City and the Aguero captain, but I saw the highs of. Uh, Matt Ryan being my one transfer on the game week. I, dr- I dropped mm-hmm. Adrian and brought in Matt Ryan. And miraculously, that Spurs fixture resulted in seven points for him. Yeah. And that is the ultimate way to start the game week. The early kickoff and you're just right off the bat with a clean sheet. You're off and running. Yep. Um, so um, then various blanks from my attacking players, McGinn and Vardy and Allaire, five points from him. Uh, Felt Barely disappointing. Un- yeah. yeah, very disappointing. Particularly the Yarmolenko pass to Allaire, who just totally fluffed it and uh, had the whole goal to shoot at and just hit it straight down the keeper's throat. Yeah, it was almost like a I, – I don't know if he got a little unlucky there or not, you know, because it felt like if he was standing three inches either way, you know, I feel like that's a goal. It was just kind of a fluky thing, you know. But It is true. I'm sure the, the striker, the striker's job is, you know, to tuck it away any which way you can. But I, I think basically just put a foot on it and direct it at target. And nine times yeah. out of ten, that's going in the goal. So totally. so in the end, yeah, I finished on 43 points, which is, uh, let's see, that's seven points above the average. I'll take mm-hmm. it. And yep. uh, 
inching uh, incrementally closer to my game week 10 goal of 399k overall yeah so i'm up to 724k which is still you know well outside of the universe in which uh a couple of podcasters want to be in but i'm feeling i'm feeling like i'm heading the right direction Uh, you're up like two million in three game weeks so i mean clearly it's you know trending the right way um yeah, I had like about as close to a gray arrow as you can get. I finished on 38 points, uh, two over uh, two over the average. Um, I moved down about 20,000 spots. So I'm right around 500K right now. Like kind of kind of bleh, you know, um, and uh, I love the, so the, the rank, perfect. The rank police. The, I'm sorry, the <laughs> rank, rank police, police are coming to arrest you, Josh. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I basically like a gray era on the game week. It's it's kind of fine. It's, you know, it's sort of the, um, I, I think sometimes the hardest thing about fantasy, you know, the, the grind part of it is is when you're, there's something, it's something almost kind of fun about when you're like 2 million back or 3 million back and you're like, you know what, I'm just, 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 if I can even just get above average, I'm going to jump over a bunch of people, you know, but then it's like when, once you kind of make those jumps and you get back to like a quasi respectable spot, like then sometimes you get stuck there for a while, you know, and that mm-hmm. to me is like a really frustrating spot where you're just like, it's like, you know, eventually, you know, over time, you know, you're going to get the <laughs> higher of, but you're just sort yeah. of stuck. And so, you know, after, after Saturday's yeah. matches, I was like, I actually was kind of worried because, um, you know, I didn't have Aguero. I didn't have, uh, a bombing, a bombing one. I was really worried about. Um, I didn't mm-hmm. have Tammy, and so I was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot down massively tomorrow." And you know, lo and behold, I mean, just nobody did anything. You know, it wasn't. I mean, I, Tammy got eight points, and and you know, Mason Mount scored. Uh, but outside of him, it was like just kind of blanks all around. You know. Yeah, I think it was the Tammy goal that for both of us. Uh, suppressed any sort of big spike in rank that we were going to get. And that's priority number one for me going into the international break is get Tammy. Where is Tammy? Find him, locate him, and get Mm -hmm. him to sign some papers for Brandon's team. (laughs) Yeah, I'm actually kind of in the same. I'm considering that as well. Uh, I actually, I think I might burn four to bring him in. Um, the, the question is, is what defender I, I, I mean, obviously it's, it's going to be Zinchenko who goes like, mm-hmm. what a weird, funky lineup. Like, yeah, I actually think it looked good when he came out in the second half, but it was like, they decided like a sick Kyle Walker was better than nothing. It was like a weird, like, it was like Kyle Walker played for a half and, uh, is it Cancelo? Can, Cancello? However you say Can- his name. Cancelo, I think it Cancelo. is. Cancelo. Yeah. Not that people. we've ever been right about pronunciations on this podcast, but I'm going yeah. Cancelo. I think that one had to do with Kyle Walker can really only play on the right and right. Zinchenko normally plays on the left. So yeah, you would, and that, but then they moved Cancelo to the right when Zinchenko came on. So why not just start with, Zin yeah. and Gonzalo Walker was to begin sick. with. Yeah, because apparently Walker was kind of sick even going into the match. So I'm not really sure why. Anyway, it was just a funky. But, you know, I think that. He think had a case now, of uh, IBS, Josh. <laughs> he did. Early onset IBS. Much like Ben Mendy was <laughs> out now, too, with a hamstring. But it was just, yeah, it was just kind of a, a whatever game week. Uh, 38 points. It's It's like, it's fine. Like, give me two weeks off and I'll get excited about fantasy again, you know. Mm-hmm. But I kind of need like a little. I need a little breather right now. I'm hoping KDB is back. That that feels like that's the biggest um, unresolved question. You know, if yeah. he's back and healthy, then everything else is kind of easy. You know, I guess most solid too. I mean, if he's injured, but I, I think he'll be fine. I think he just took a took a knock. But I, I'd be shocked if he didn't start in game week nine. 
Yeah, the way Salah came off the pitch, it didn't look as serious as it might have been. There's that ludicrous Chaudhry challenge. Um, and, and the quotes from Pep seem to suggest that um, as much as we can believe that fraud, uh, that KDB <laughs> will be fine coming coming back from the break. Uh, yeah. Quick shout out to our great friends at the Fantasy Football Scout. Joe over there let us join him on the Breakfast Club that the Scout hosts on their YouTube page every Saturday morning before the games kick off. And it's a great place for managers to chat about the moves they're making right before the deadline. And Joe's a great host. If you haven't checked out the Breakfast Club, you can see Josh and I on the Fantasy Football Scouts YouTube channel. It's in our Twitter feed somewhere you can go and link it. And see us in living color on the video, yeah. Joe. I, I will. I will just. I will just note. You'll see what we look like when we wake up at five thirty in the morning. <laughs> Not our to, best <laughs> to record. Uh, to record a YouTube show, but uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And thanks again to Joe for having us on. It's, it's always a pleasure. I, I did his meet the manager thing a while ago too, and that was a lot of fun as well. So. Uh, all right, so that's game weekend. I think we can just move. Let's just move on from it, right? Let's not what to say. Yeah, I think we're all ready to move on. There's no no true glory was had that was big enough that's worth wallowing any further in game week eight. <laughs> yeah, I, it's a little, but there are people who are doing well, Brandon, and we should highlight those. We should celebrate those people, Brandon. Tonight we celebrate our love. <laughs> of the Tonight top it's 10. about them. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to read off the top ten of the always treating super. Like congratulations to all of you. Uh, Christina Hogseth. Uh, I, I always like to see, as, as you know, Brandon, we're very female forward and uh, we want as many female managers. Now, I hope that Christina is a female. I mean, I guess we don't know that for, for a fact, but uh, let's let's assume that Christina is. Congratulations to Christina in 10th place. Mm-hmm. Uh, in ninth is uh, Omar Magrabi. In eighth, Christopher Marshall. In seventh, Robert Wilde. In sixth, Andre Bjorkveit. Uh, in fifth, Nicodemus Wong, great name, like all time. That's like a Harry Potter name, right? It's a fantastic name. <laughs> yes, uh, it is. In, in fourth is uh, Dmitry Kibatsky. In third is El Medjik, uh, Ahmed Salim. Uh, in second is Bradley Perry. And in first is PSV Eindhoven, Owen Hogan. Congratulations to Owen. I think Owen is 17th overall. And uh, he's almost exactly 100 points above me. So that's that kind of... <laughs> But it doesn't seem like that much in some ways, right? It's like it's 100 points. Wait, like, no, it's a lot. That's a lot. It's a lot, but it's not like uh, 250 or something. You know, <laughs> Could, there are – this is like that Mr. Show sketch of like, hey, is it is uh, 15 the highest number? Yeah, 24. What about, yeah, 24 yeah. is the highest number. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, congr- yeah, yeah. congratulations to all the Super League managers. Never too late to join. Just go to Always Cheating. Dot com or uh, our social medias to get the code to join the Super League. Speaking of places to go online, you can visit us at patreon.com slash always cheating. That's where you can support me and Josh, what we do here on the Always Cheating Podcast. You can become a supporter to uh, say thank you to support what we do. You can also get access to our Slack message board, an extra ad-free podcast every week. T-shirts, extra leagues, all that other good stuff. Stay tuned. Yeah. At the end, we've got some new Patreon members that we're going to shout out. Yep. Uh, yeah, exactly. And so that's uh, – I just wanted to note, Brandon, on the Patreon thing, you know, when I when – I, realized that i'd messed up the audio last night there's a moment where you're just like 
we should just skip a week. I'm just going to skip a week. Uh, like, who cares, you know? Uh, but I, then I thought about, like, it's the Patreon supporters. Like, that it really keeps us honest. Like, knowing that people are supporting the podcast, over 500 managers support the podcast on Patreon, it really, um, it motivates us. And then, make, you know, that's, um, that's why I'm willing to do a podcast, the exact same podcast, two nights in a row, because, um, you know, we really do appreciate the support and we want people to feel like, you uh, it's it's a good investment. So um, yeah, like you said, you get access to the Slack and uh, an extra podcast every week. Yeah. So you're doing this podcast the same running order, Josh, for the second night in a row. I believe your hot takes are only going to grow hotter over time. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to do a special international break, team by team uh, review, what we like and dislike about all 20 teams after eight weeks of FPL. All right, I'm ready. All right, Brandon, tonight's theme, what we like and dislike about all 20 teams after eight game weeks. I think a couple of these teams we're going to kind of just skip, you know, we'll mm-hmm. uh, no we're get a token, a token note or two. No, I, I think all offense intended. I mean, Watford and Southampton have done more harm to us uh, than we can ever <laughs> manage to to mention. So, yeah, it's all deserved this silence. Like I, I, I want to include Newcastle in that, but they have beat Spurs and Man United in the season. So mm-hmm. I guess kind of what a funky, weird year that is for them, right? They, they look terrible in every match and they beat Spurs and Man United. So I don't know. It's, it's a, about as funky as Steve Bruce, Josh. <laughs> uh, all right. So we're just going to do just some general thoughts on a few of these teams. Uh, what we like, you know, we're eight weeks in. It's kind of, there's enough time now where we can start to form some opinions. Um, as you were saying before we were recording, like it's time we, we now like have some actual thoughts, not just like preseason speculation, you mm-hmm. know? So, uh, all right with Arsenal, I'm going to pose you a question, Brandon. This question yeah. comes from me, Josh Landon. Am I really going to continue not having a bombing in my squad? <laughs> you might. So this is the conundrum with Arsenal, right? Is you look at Arsenal and the first thing you see is from an FPL perspective is, wow, Aubameyang is on fire. He is by far and away the one asset that you would want to have on that team. And then the second point is beyond that, what is going on at Arsenal and They continue to be the same story has been true for years and years and years as you just never know what you're going to get with this um, iteration of Arsenal week to week. So their defense is off limits. Their midfield is off limits. Pepe just hasn't um, caught on. And the fact that Aubameyang is the one asset that you can look to on a kind of random, unreliable team is... um, made more difficult by the fact that Aubameyang is priced at a premium at 11 million. So that's where the, like, I guess you could call it cognitive dissonance comes in. However, it's just kind of undeniable that uh, he's in great form. And if you compare him to other like strikers in his bracket, you've got Harry Kane and Sergio Aguero. I think Aguero is somewhat more attractive, but I'm an Aguero owner and I might be able to argue that, you know, the Jesus rotation thing is going to come to bear again sometime soon, I'm sure of it. And wouldn't I rather just be on board with um, a striker like Aubameyang, who is consistent to start and is yeah. in, in just as reliable form? Yeah, the the only issue is, you know, 
He's a little, I don't know, just like the fact that he blanked at home to Bournemouth in game week eight kind of gives me the ammunition I need not to bring him in, you know, or not to feel desperately about it. Again, I know you the get the confirmation mediums. bias that you need. Well, I guess so. It's more like it just confirms it, it, it confirms how I feel about yeah. him, which is that I don't know that I completely trust him. And I don't feel like he's a player that I would love captaining. You know, yeah. I felt like if I if I captain him, even in a really plum game week, I would feel a little nervous about it, you know, in a way that I just don't with someone like Sterling or even Mosala. You know, I'm just like, I don't know. Maybe that's unfair. Though. I mean, he's only, only, you know, this is the first match he hasn't had an attacking return in, you know, on the, the season. So, well, I, and I would say again, know, as an know. Aguero owner, I've captained Aguero two weeks in a row and I've gotten a five pointer and a two pointer from him. And without hesitation, I would captain Aguero again. So it's like, why are why would we not, without hesitation, captain somebody like Aubameyang? And again, it's that sort of hard to describe cognitive dissonance that we have with a team like Arsenal, where it's just we feel like we're on shaky ground with the team. Therefore, the reliability of Aubameyang is always going to get called into question. Yeah, I guess you're right. It's it's just it's, it's the team part of it that really throws you off. You just don't trust that he's going to get enough good balls in. By the way, just kind of slightly related to this, but watching Will Zaha, you know, I feel like they were Arsenal were kind of in for Zaha and then they ended up going for Pepe instead. And I, I know that Pepe is like three years younger than Zaha, but watching Zaha destroy West Ham yeah. without, I mean, he didn't actually get any attack returns in the game, but just watching him destroy them. He had his way with them for sure. He did, and I know he, he was sort of sulking the first few matches of the season. But you're like, God, Arsenal could use a guy like this, you know, just like a, just a, a total pest, you know, with mm-hmm. just like incredible speed. And um, I don't know, it's like I feel like maybe I just haven't watched Pepe enough to like know what his great skill set is, you know, or whatever. I don't know. I mean, yeah. it's hard to say with yeah. Pepe because I think he he seems like a player where it's going to take a season for him to bet in and maybe next season he becomes some sort of um, different player that is uh, appealing because right yeah. now he just seems completely unsettling. Anytime he, he gets a look at goal, the shots wild. He, he's, he's like um, uh, Charlie Sheen, not Charlie. Yeah. It's Charlie Sheen in yeah. wi- uh, the wild in thing major in league. major league yeah. where yeah. just wild yeah. pitches all over the place. Pepe needs a pair of glasses, I think, and watch Pepe uh, in game week nine walk onto the pitch with a a big pair of like Elvis Costello glasses and suddenly he's postage stamping every single shot that he takes. Watch it happen. You know what's interesting is Lacazette will eventually come back, right? Like when is is Lacazette – they're saying he's going to be back after the international break. So he's down to 9.3 million. Maybe he's like – the sneaky cheap way into that team. Okay. You know? Yeah. They're great runner fixtures. I don't know. Interesting. Ben, Wait ben, and see for sure. Ben Dinnery's but. site has Lacazette's potential return date listed as October 27. So it seems like maybe there are mm. conflicting reports about how quickly he's coming back. Uh, so gotcha. Yeah. Well, neither of us are moving for either of these guys right now. I mean, all due respect to Bamiang. I like him, but I, I, yeah, I still like, I still like Sterling and Salah more, yeah, you know, right. and it feels like it's kind of between those those players. We'll talk more about Salah in a few minutes. Yeah, just the last thing on Arsenal and Aubameyang, and uh, Joe made this good point on the Breakfast Club regarding the game week nine fixture with Chef away Sheffield United, and that's 
it's a tricky fixture for almost every team now. Like Sheffield United's defensive prowess is, yeah. is great. So if I'm if you don't have Aubameyang and you're looking to bring him in, it seems like game week ten with two home fixtures in a row against Palace and then Wolves would be the time to target Abba. It would be, yeah, I, I don't know. I I would love to try to save two transfers and give myself a chance to do it, but I think uh, I've got, I've got, I just have too many other problems mm-hmm. right now too. Maybe that's why I'm almost, uh, he's just not on my radar yet. I just, it's a luxury I can't afford yeah. right now. So, all right. So let's move on from Arsenal to Aston Villa. Um, they're sort of an interesting I mean, they just destroyed Norwich, uh, and the sort of the rap on them was that they were a lot stronger at home than away. Now, I don't know if Norwich is like a – they might just be one of those teams this year where everyone's just going to start piling up and destroying them, and <laughs> mm-hmm. you're not going to learn anything from it, you know? I mean, Wesley is still not one that I'm really excited about. Uh, you know, he's he's kind of like – He's got like a little like right place, right time to him, maybe a little bit. Like his positioning is good. There's but. there's something telling about his second goal against Norwich where he just tapped it in right in front of goal and he didn't celebrate. He just started grinning. And what the grin said to me was, you didn't tell me it was going to be this easy. So the the brace <laughs> that Wesley scored, um, I don't know if it tells me anything about Wesley so much as it tells me that Norwich's central defense is is just um, a dumpster fire. And now cu- couple yeah. that with Wesley taking a um, very savable penalty. And again, he's just kind of shrouded in question marks. And I think the closest comparison that we have for Wesley is Allaire. And it just doesn't feel right right now for the, um, and Joe Ellington, the, um, the lump of a central striker. Newcastle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm kind of, yeah. I'm not sold on Wesley just yet. Same here. Someone pointed out on Twitter today. It is, it is kind of shocking that he is, uh, Wesley right now has more points than King, Rashford, Allaire, Barnes, and Jimenez, uh, which is as well as what I mean, he's, he's like one of like the top forwards in the league in terms of total points. But yeah, I mean, based on just what you're watching with your eyes, I mean, clearly, uh, but I, I, I all that said, I mean, I just negged him, but I will say that, I mean, four goals and one assist in the season, even if some of that did come in the, um, in this Norwich match, I mean, he has, he's done okay. I, I sort of thought he was a complete dud. Mm-hmm. And now I think he's just a minor dud or possibly <laughs> Bit of just a bottle a, rocket. Yeah, like a non-entity. I'll, I'll, I will upgrade him from dud to non-entity. <laughs> wow, so. huge upgrade. We better at Wesley uh, when this podcast comes out. He'll be thrilled <laughs> at, at the upgrade. So I think the big the what big are, question about yeah. Villa, right, is um, everything's been kind of feeling good for, for bargain hunters looking at Villa's defense and John McGinn, sure. the most notable asset. But the fixtures coming up do not bode well. So game mm-hmm. week nine, home Brighton. So, you know, you wouldn't be too fearful of that, though Brighton's defense has looked uh, relatively decent. Then it's City and Liverpool in game weeks 10 and 11. And United, okay, whatever. I I, I, can't, I had to stop being drawn to the red fixture that is United. Still, um, Chelsea yeah. in game week 15. What do you make of these fixtures? Are you scared off by these? Yeah, it's it's a classic hold situation where if you already have Heaton or Mings or whomever, like, great – Good chance of a clean sheet in that Brighton match. Good, good chance of a clean sheet in the uh, Newcastle match. But I, yeah, I, I don't think you can bring them in. I mean, I think that December is when their fixtures really come alive, and they got a really nice run. A ton of home matches. 
uh, starting in early December. It looks like the maybe the the Leicester match in game week sixteen is the one to to start thinking about. So um, yeah, I, they're like a hold. Um, I like McGinn a lot. I, I think McGinn might be kind of a fixture proof type player. I mean, he scored against some big teams already. Um, scored against uh, well, well, Spurs and Arsenal. Do those kind of big teams right this wow. this season? Wow, anyway. you're just really rolling out the burns this week i love it well i mean arsenal are in third place they're only a point behind city so i don't know why like i'm negging on them so much yeah. but yeah it's i mean certainly their defense that was nothing to to write home about uh so yeah i like i like mcginn um i'm i'm holding on the defense i'll consider them later mm-hmm. anything else to say about aston villa no i mean they have lots of the the tricky thing with villa is they have lots of other midfielders from Grealish to Hurahan to El Ghazi who are just in the mix. But I think it's just, it's like sirens on a rocky shore. You just need to go to McGinn for that level of security. He's the one that has the stats of taking the most shots. Yeah, exactly. You like my Odyssean <laughs> uh, metaphors here. Okay. I will a slight counter, and this is based. I've not like compared the two at all, but Algazi looks really good. Uh, he is really. I, I've been really impressed with, with mm-hmm. him the last. Uh, uh, you know, like I, I watched all the Norwich match. I've seen highlights from. I, I watched most of the Arsenal match they played as well. Um, you know, I mean, attacking returns in his last three matches, he's point three cheaper than McGinn. I think he might actually play a little further forward he than does. McGinn yeah, too. So he does for sure. Yeah. If you, so, he's he's interesting anyway. Yeah, if you look at uh, the comparison on the scouts members uh, page, it's just like McGinn just edges El Ghazi by fifty eight percent overall, but El Ghazi has McGinn beat on six key stats. Uh, so, yeah, it's close. It'll be interesting to see where these players are at the end of the season. Yeah, I think so too. I just if if money was was really tight, um, I think you could, you could consider Algazi for point three cheaper. Yeah. So, or if you just were looking for like a total like low ownership kind of differential type right. player. Okay, so Bournemouth, Joshua. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about Bournemouth. Uh, what is there to say other than the truth is out there? <laughs> We love Callum the Truth Wilson. We're making those T-shirts. That, that that actually is like that move from joke to thing that actually has to yeah. happen. Uh, yeah, Callum the Truth yeah. Wilson. We're coming Shout for you. Shout out to FPL in uh, Uganda who um, made some amazingly hilarious yeah. uh, mock-ups of the Callum Wilson the Truth T-shirt. We clearly jinxed him, right? Because he hadn't yeah. he hadn't gone uh, with a blank no. the entire season. It's, uh, it's like being on the cover of the new um, John Madden game. Um, you'll you're gonna have a bad <laughs> yeah, exactly. Season. <laughs> so yeah, great season. He's still down somehow 0.1 from his starting price, despite having five goals and three assists and eight matches. You know, Josh King is down 0.2 as well. Uh, you know, he, he certainly hasn't done as well for sure, but he's also 1.5 million cheaper. So um, you're kind of getting what you're paid for with him. Uh, but two goals and three assists. I, he may come into my squad in game week eight or game week nine, excuse me, uh, just because I would love to have someone for that Norwich mm-hmm. match. But I mean, the thing about, I mean, you sort of, I think you were heading this way with, with Bournemouth, but like what, what's to be said that hasn't been said about this team every year they've been in the Premier mm-hmm. League, you know, it's like a couple forwards that are not too expensive, that are interesting, uh, a defense that's like a total stay away. And I, I kind of include Diego Rico in that. Although, I mean, I guess if you're on a wild card and you just needed like a fifth defender, then sure, mm-hmm. you know, he's fine. Um, but like, you know, you don't really have that, like, I mean, Harry Wilson's okay. Um, but like Fraser isn't even like a starter anymore, apparently. And, uh, 
which is how do you go from having 14 assists and seven goals to not being able to crack that team any longer? Like Chronic a, IBS. Can you ex- <laughs> I mean, can you explain that? Like what I'm missing with Fraser? Like was it just that he started off cold? I, I don't and, know. I, I haven't heard anything. I'm, uh, I, I guess I'm not shocked that it's not the talk of, uh, you know, Guardian Football Weekly, what's going on with Brian <laughs> Fraser. But we want to know. Right. BL managers want to know. Is, yeah, he was <laughs> definitely a shining light at Bournemouth. But it's a credit to Eddie Howe where he's basically just bottling Budweiser over there. Like a consistency is incredible at Bournemouth, what Eddie Howe's doing. So I will not doubt him. And uh, it, it, maybe it's down to my main man, Phil Billing. Phil Billing is going to push anyone out of the oh. team. Yeah. If you, yeah, I mean, actually, you know, I was just thinking about when I was watching them a couple of weeks ago, if you were, and it's actually funny because the Arsenal match was a one nil loss, which is like uh, the kind of result I feel like they never have in a mm-hmm. match. But if you were to like, just tell a neutral, like it's a Saturday and they're like, what game should I watch? Like you should just point them to the Bournemouth match, right? Like whoever they're playing, that's probably gonna be the most fun match in any given weekend, you know, like super high totally. scoring, like. Yeah, late goals, um, (laughs) defender goals, all kinds of funky stuff's going to happen in a Bournemouth match. You're going to get the Nathan, uh, the real, the real Nathan Ake treatment. All right, so that's Bournemouth. Check mark next to them. Moving on to Brighton, which I'm very high on right now. After that um, Spurs capitulation, that's definitely one of those matches where you're like, was Brighton that good, or were Spurs just like basically trying to get shipped off to MLS every last man? Um, because it was just incredible. That said, my big takeaway, uh, uh, two obvious takeaways from Brighton. One, Connolly is an incredible young player and he made a fool of Toby Alderweireld on that second goal. But Lewis Dunk, the fact that Tyrone Mings is in the England squad over Lewis Dunk is insane. Like Lewis Dunk is in some incredible form this season. And I think if you're That's shopping true. around for a four or five, four, six defender, he has got to be near the top of your list. And and I'll tell you exactly why. You go back to the West Ham one-one draw in game week two. Lewis Dunk walked away with that from that match with a bonus point. So his baseline is incredible. He's he's um really involved the assist to Connolly on that second goal was uh terrific so he's just in great form have I talked about Lewis Dunk enough almost uh, the only thing I'll add here is that he's on four yellow cards uh so he's one yellow card away from a suspension I you know I'm not sure that if you bring in a player like him it's not for one week anyway you mm-hmm. know but um something to keep in mind he will be he will be suspended. It will happen. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, note, note that, I guess. Um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, otherwise we're just sort of waiting for, you know, Mopay looks good. He's a little too, I wish he was like 5 million and then he'd be kind of yeah. a fun, interesting yes. option, but 6 million is a little too, a little yeah, too much. We've got a question here from Peekapool who wants to know, given Brighton's form, who is the best player to get in? Uh, so if you're, if you had no, uh, Brighton players, would you, I assume you would look immediately to the defense before you tried to pick and choose from the cadre of attackers. Sure. Yes, for sure. I, yeah, I mean, I, he suggested, you know, these Montoya, Burn, Dunk, Webster. I don't even know what Webster's first name is, so I'm not going to. No, uh, that he, <laughs> he, he's the Brazilian. His name is just Webster, like Fred. Is that right? It's <laughs> just <laughs> oh wow! I just I just pulled him up with the finish to say he doesn't even have, 
he's a vampire. I think he has no image. Uh, it's just, a, it's just, he's just an empty, he's <laughs> an, an empty, empty kit. kit yeah, you have to invite Webster into your home or else he can't, he can't join you. Okay. So what I'm going to actually, so I'm typing wow. Webster Brighton into Google. Guess what his first name is. Just give me a guess. Uh, I already Googled. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say, it, Adam. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of disappointing. Uh, it's it's a, it's a it's a it wonderful a name, Adam. But it's kind of hoping for mm. something a little more uh, compelling. I like I like Dan Byrne mm-hmm. as a name a lot. That's another one of their defenders, Dan Byrne. It's I know. Kind of fun. Like it sounds like it sounds like something you say like when you like <laughs> Dan yourself. Byrne. You know, like uh, <laughs> Dan, Dan Byrne. Like yeah, you spill some you know uh, like I don't know boiling pot of water. Yeah, in your I remember Dan like Byrne. He had a brief run in the uh, the Fulham defense. So he's a, he's he's a real oh, he's a real okay. tall drink of water. That guy. <laughs> well, yeah. So I think we're we're agreed on Dunk. And the yellow, the four yellow cards are annoying, but yeah, he is he's the cream mm-hmm. of that crop, and he's only what point one more than the yeah. other guys um, at four point six. So, but I think yeah, it's basically, and we're gonna we can just roll this into the Burnley conversation because I think it's just a combination. Either you get Ryan Matt Ryan in goal with a Burnley fullback, or you get uh, mm-hmm. Nick Pope in goal <clears throat> with Lewis Dunk. Yep. Yeah, and I have I have both actually. I have Ryan and Pope, and I guess it's I guess it's too much money back there because you, they they equal each other on seven this game. It feels like they're kind of playing pretty equal the whole time. So I, I'm not a like a, I'm not a big on the set and forget four point five keeper, but um, I don't know. Like no one's keeping clean sheets, so what's the point, right? Um, you know, or I guess weirdly they both did this game week. So. Um, uh, yeah, goalkeeper rotation though it's 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 so hard to get right. Yes. You know, it's it's just, it's, like, it's just it's a impossible. pain. It's it's a headache. So um, the only other thing to say about Burnley is Ashley Barnes and Chris Wood uh, is is the story written or is there more to be told? I think the story is written, my friend. We we knew what we were getting with them. You know, like you, you know what Ashley Barnes is. He had a really hot start. It's now five blanks in a row, which is kind of. That's more than I would have expected. Um, I mean, that, those are blanks in a Brighton match, a Norwich match, an Aston Villa match, an Everton match. Yeah, I would have thought one of those he would get a goal, you know, just with his kind of direct right. style. But yeah, and I guess Chris, Chris Wood kind of took his goals, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, <laughs> they had three of them in the last three matches. Uh, yeah, he's got like, it's funny because I'm pulling up all these guys right now on the site and they all have, their photos are all terrible. I mean, Chris Wood is like super. <laughs> He's super bulky, by the way. His kid doesn't fit him at all, but he's like uh, you can tell he's like he's filling out in the arms. Okay. You know, it's got to be a yeah, it's gonna be a hard suit to to you know like that's gonna be made to order. I think. <laughs> um, yeah, nothing to be said about. I'm I'm sad that my boy McNeil on Burnley is uh, that it's not happening because I really liked watching him play last year. Yeah. Um, he's got three assists in the season. I mean, it's not like it's a total flop, but it's just not. Uh, I suppose just any midfielder in that that Burnley team, you really need to be like five point five or cheaper for you to really consider having them. You yeah. know, yeah, yeah, for sure. So Burnley, I think there's a lot of meat on this bone. Chelsea going down to Stamford Bridge. Um, <laughs> this is the value team in FPL this season, from yep. Tamari in the back to Mason Mount in the midfield to Tammy Abraham up front. What's not to love about <laughs> yeah. all three of these guys? Yeah, I'll give Tamori an incomplete, uh, just because that that whole defense I'm not 
super confident in still, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I totally agree with you on Mount and, uh, they're, I mean, they're borderline essential. I would say Mount Abraham at the, at that price, you know? Um, cause like for all the talk of, of this being like a full on youth movement at Chelsea, like you look at that team top to bottom and there is still a ton of massive talent, right? You have Aspilicueta, you've got, you know, Jorginho, Willian, N'Golo Conte. I mean, you you just have players, you know, through that team who are starters. Christian Pulisic, of course, Brandon. Uh, just players who are, Please, you know, starters. Starters in their national team now. But I mean, kidding aside, I mean, Angola Conte is a brilliant player. Azpilicueta is a brilliant player. Uh, Jorginho is is very good. Looks actually better this year than he did last season. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, and then in Kepa, too, who is like, he gets a lot of flack, but it's certainly a, you know, decent keeper. Um, so I think, you know, so you have this youth movement, but then it's sort of like the spine of this team is still a champions league level spine, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, so then suddenly you're in a position where you have these like, and basically, so it's like, they're like, they're providing the spine and then up front, you just got Tammy and Mount like running wild, scoring goals. And isn't this uh, uh, just a yeah. mirror image of Wolverhampton last season? You've got Neves and Moutinho mm-hmm. in the midfield doing the Conte and, uh, Jorginho thing and then it's hmm. Jota and you know back in those lovely days last season when Jota was classed as a midfielder and Jimenez up front it's Mount and Abraham they're priced just like Wolves were last season I think the results are similar their defense is is compelling but not going to keep a ton of clean sheets kind of similar to um, what Wolves were hmm. last week you have Alonzo making a minor comeback to become the next Matt Doherty um, by the way, thank, <laughs> yeah. thank, thank goodness Mac Doherty is kind of um, under the radar now, so we don't have to humiliate ourselves trying to fake pronounce his uh, mispronounce you know, his name. name. Yeah, but so yeah, I think very true. Chelsea are the Wolves this it's a season. Great comparison. Yeah. yeah, it's a great comparison. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, yeah, a- Abraham feels like a must. His ownership is getting super high too. He's up to forty-one percent ownership. So, you know, they got this amazing run of fixtures through through early December, really. One difficult match way to Chelsea game at 13, and then everything else is uh, a match where you'd expect them to score, you know, one or two goals in, in all of them, basically. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like I, I really wanted on Tammy as well. His price is, I mean, it's getting up there. I mean, 7.7 is like mm-hmm. getting I have, pretty high, but it's uh, still, still reasonable. I have a confession to make. Um, I did a bad thing. And I made a tra- I made a transfer the Sunday going into a two week uh, break to catch Tammy's <laughs> wow. uh, price rise. So I am the wow. owner of a brand new Tammy Abraham. Uh, wow! And I, I'm yeah. kind of freaking out right now. Um, see what <laughs> see what happens with this lad over the international break. I think he'll be fine. But um, we've got a question here from FPL Chancer says, is the double up on Mountain Abraham a basic rank protector? It feels like only having one of them isn't enough. So it seems like you and I are both leaning toward the double up is not only is it um, a rank protector, but it's just it's a great source of value points, perhaps the best. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. I feel like. uh yeah, for all the reasons we just talked about, I think that um, they're just they're, they're still great value. And I mean, until Tammy gets to about nine million, I think he still feels like really good value. Uh, I mean, you and I, it's just amazing that we're talking this way. I mean, you and I were mm-hmm. like 
so out on Tammy going into the season. Well, I but. still don't have to like him. Okay, plenty of plenty of <laughs> diehard Everton fans will bring in a Liverpool player to their squad. So I this don't don't <laughs> take true. this as my stamp yeah. of approval on um, Tammy Abraham, even though uh, it basically is. Yeah, but it's also like you're not like you know even just just watching that this team with with your eyes. Mm-hmm. You know you can see how the form he looks great. Confidence. I mean, he, he looks does he look looks great. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he does. Yeah. So let's move on to Crystal Palace. And again, having I was really impressed. I mean, they're amazingly they're tied for fourth right now in the in the table. They're they're such a funny team. Like I don't know if they're any good for fantasy, but I like I like admire this team. You know? Yeah, it's incredible. Like, it feels like yeah. when the season started, no one knew what to do with Palace. They're like, well, Roy is freaking old and uh there hasn't been any change in this squad at all. What's going to happen? It looks like they'll probably be near the basement. And suddenly they've just come on really strong. Their defense, I guess the one signing they made, what was Gary Cahill? And suddenly um, he's got the right stuff. Um, but their defense looks mm-hmm. incredibly solid. And I, I guess the one weird thing here is that Zaha has not produced any points. So I think that was the um, impulse that you and I had in bringing in West Ham defenders uh, close around this Palace game was like, Palace can't score. Right. It seems like they're finding a way, whether it's through Townsend or or Jordan Ayew, but I'm I'm still, yeah, like you, not really sold that as as many things, glowing things as we can say about Palace, there's no reason for me at this moment to consider these players from a fantasy yeah, yeah right, i right. think uh, you know martin kelly um 4.1 million um crazy 25 percent ownership in the in the game uh six points you know it looks like he's pretty much locked down that spot right he missed a couple game weeks and then he was right back in uh in game week seven and eight um <clears throat> awful run of fixtures through uh through november and then uh and then quite a nice run from there so i think there there will be we we will have a, an occasion to talk about them. It just won't be for another month or two. <laughs> right. Okay. So Everton, um, is anyone in a worse position than Marco Silva right now? As far as managers, I mean, there are <laughs> managers vying for the worst. Well, and there's actually some contenders. <laughs> Potch, possibly Oli, possibly. Uh, well, so I guess Steve Bruce just won, so I guess he's he's in a better spot. It, it does not look good. I can't imagine that Silva. I mean, they just and they just like they're in this amazing run of matches too. It's not like he's, you know, it's like they, it's not like they got beat up with tough tough fixture. You know, the thing about this Everton team is it feels like they never, they never beat a team that they mm-hmm. shouldn't beat. You know, like they never, they never surprise you. You know, occasionally and in the Merseyside like, derby, they will feeling. um <clears throat> they put up a decent fight. Sure. But yeah. It, it's it's just kind of under Silva though. I mean, yeah. I think last season they um, it took some incredible heroics from Origi and terrible <laughs> uh, anti heroics from Jordan, Jordan Pickford. Yeah. But um, I agree, and this team is just pointed in the wrong direction right now. And they're the they have appealing assets, but they're just too expensive. I mean, Lucas Dean is just kind of emblematic of FPL at Everton right now, and that that's a great player who's overpriced for where the team is performing. So it's just all throwing your Everton assets overboard right now. We'll come back to them maybe after Christmas. 
Maybe. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to Leicester City. Uh, Mark, we got a couple of questions here, uh, kind of similar questions. Mark Perez says, which Leicester asset to get on? Madison Vardy Pereira as a cheeky punt. And Matthew Hall says, can you discuss the merits of Vardy versus Madison as your sole Leicester attacking asset? So I guess the first question here is, do you want a Leicester attacking asset or do you feel like you need one? Uh, and if so, Marty, Vardy, Madison or player x yeah it's a weird one i am a vardy owner i brought vardy in on game week five wild card and i haven't gotten much from him beyond the brace in game week seven which trust me i'm happy about madison has sure uh, it seems like the more um what's the word um versatile player you know, in, in real life. And yeah. also from an FPL perspective, he's scored as many goals uh, as Vardy has since I brought Vardy into my team and he's on set pieces and all this and that. And the other thing, Vardy just hasn't been seeing enough service for me, uh, judging by my eye test. That said, like I am thrilled to have Vardy going into game week nine and this incredible run that Lester has from, Burnley, Southampton, Palace, Arsenal, Brighton, Everton, Watford, Villa, Norwich, all the way into mid-December, there will be goals for him. Uh, I guess if you yep. want to just add onto the versatility argument, Vardy does have penalties. Um, that is a plus. Uh, I think it just kind of depends on where you have room. You could make an equally compelling case for Madison or Vardy, depending on how malleable your FPL squad is either up front or in your midfield. So I think whichever works best for where your squad is, just go for that one. Don't overcomplicate it. Yeah, I think I think I agree. Um, I mean, and I guess if I were to, if pressed, you know, like let's say you're on a wild card or something, <clears throat> I think in that case I would probably go for Madison um, just because I think he's a little easier to fit into your team. You can still have a lot of the other players that you want to have in there. Um, but yeah, I kind of agree with you. I mean, like I... I could probably bring in Madison. I mean, the, 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 you know, the problem is like that slot, it's kind of Mason Mount slot right now, mm -hmm. you know? And so it's like, I don't, and I don't want to drop Mount for Madison. It feels like that's like the same player. It, it actually might be a yes, downgrade a I little agree. bit in terms of yeah. fantasy. Um, so yeah, I feel like I'm a little stuck. Like uh, it'd be easier in, in some ways to like move Allaire to Vardy than it would be to, um, that it would be to bring in Madison. So yeah, I don't know. I think I think I'm with you. I think it's a really hard one to answer, and um, yeah. So I think the answer is it depends. Uh, the most boring of all answers. <laughs> <laughs> but then we get to the curious case of Ricardo Pereira. Would you in in this world that we live, would you pay six point one million for a, a Leicester defender? It seems too high for me. Yeah, it seems too high for me too. Um, I think that I. I already have Sonyochu, you know, so that feels like that feels like enough, you know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Two yep. two feels like a lot. Uh, you know, that's like doubling up on teams that are just okay is is never like a great strategy. And they're just sort of interesting. I mean, like the way all the you were talking about Vardy too, and it's like a weirdly loaded midfield. You know, I'm just sort of looking at all the players they have in there right now, and it's uh even Perez, who has been sort of the um the much loathed Perez, you know, because of the tough start of the season. Perez, actually quite, more like Pariahs, you know like what I'm saying? Perez. But, you know, he has actually looked really 
he's played well the last couple of matches. Um, so, I mean, I guess he actually only played 17 minutes in that Liverpool match. My takeaway from that Liverpool match was Tielemans was walking. He looked completely disinterested. I don't know about this guy. Yuri Tielemans, he was off last weekend. I would like to see more of him. I think they just need a little bit. Their their attack seems just for as great as Leicester look and as great as that squad looks, there's something slightly muted about the attack. And when Brendan Rodgers has to continually bring in Mark Albrighton to um, ignite that uh, attack, it's somewhat worrying if you're looking to spend a lot of money and just coming back to the defensive point when we're going to just move right into Liverpool now is the 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 religion now the current religion is moving money out of your defense we have a mm-hmm. lot of options in the attack that's where so many of the points are because clean sheets are very difficult to track if you have a clean sheet option in Soyonchu at now 4-7 over a 6-1 Pereira, you're going to need that money. You're going to need that 1.4 to afford your Liverpool defender because if any defender is essential right now, it has got to be Trent Alexander-Arnold who is just picking up bonus points for fun. I know. I hate that I don't have my team right now. I feel like I, every time he doesn't do something huge, I feel like I've dodged a bullet. Like, I don't know how he isn't on like four goals and four assists in the season already or something like that. Like, it feels like he is just so, he's creating in, in, like an insane number of, he's basically a midfielder in terms of the yeah. chances he's creating. He's like a winger. So, um, all right. So let's move on to Liverpool. I mean, we just talked about Trent. We both want him. Mm-hmm. Not a lot to say there because we, we just talk about this team so much. Um, there's a question here from AJ. He says, for those that either dropped or are looking to acquire KDB, is there any reason not to just swap one of Sterling or Sal out given their form and price? Uh, it seemed unthinkable a month ago, but they've let a lot of managers down since then. So the Sal out thing is, um, I get it. You know, I, you and I actually talked about this on last week's podcast a little bit, but I, while watching the Lester match, I, I, I didn't think Sal out. I didn't think he I, – I felt like he was super involved. I felt like he had some chances. I felt like he should have had, if not maybe goals, I felt like he had opportunities to create you know, assists in that match or, or created you know, moments that could have led to assists. Um, I don't know. Like uh, do you – did that Leicester match make you feel any differently about Salah? I know you don't have him in your team, but like would yeah. you – yeah, what did you think? Well, yeah, I guess I somewhat agree with you. My, I've had issues with Salah's form over the last – three or four weeks and I think he's just not looked at the top of his game but that is I'm trying to find a way of saying I don't think he's in great form without I just I think he's still great and he will he will come good he will average out as a typical great FPL asset over um, the span of the season I think I said this last week and that the trick with Salah is if you're going to mess around with going without him, you're going to have to find the exact window by luck yeah. and fortune and, and and determination to not have him. I am in a very lucky patch right now of not having Salah and he's been relatively quiet. I'm still terrified. I don't – yeah, I didn't look at that Leicester game and say, aha, I'm so correct and he's washed right. up. Have fun <laughs> playing for gank next, next season. Absolutely right. not. Like I will need to get him back uh, – 
some will, point. At some point, definitely after game week 12, um, you know, you expect kind of a, a tight, gritty match against Man City in game week 12. The bigger dilemma I'm having is to watch that Leicester match over the weekend to to then say, come back to the old chestnut of do you want Mane versus Salah? Right. And Mane continues to answer the doubters and the haters. And I mean, it's there's still only a, you know, it can, the uh, ascendancy of Mane can be overstated after a match like Leicester and Salah didn't get any returns because there's still only two points and 57 to 55 points separating the two Mane with, with the 57, but still the form that Mane has over Salah. I feel like if, uh, to use our framework, if I were on wild card, I would be going for Mane right now. Same, reluctantly. Now that I mean, Mane's price keeps rising, which I think makes it a little easier to to hold on to sell. I mean, at this point, you're only talking about a 0.8 million difference, um, and based on that, I feel okay with it. You know, like uh, I don't. You know, like I, this actually came up in the podcast of Davey last night. You know, last. Last season, when the difference was like three point five million, I think Sal, uh, Bonnie started off at nine point five, and and Salah was thirteen million. Then, then you really, then it's almost easy, you know, um, in some ways to just to to make that move. But I think, especially this season, when they look like they're kind of equal in some ways, um, but and the price is almost the same. I still feel like Salah's creating more chances. I. I wish he was still doing corners. Uh, he was he and Trent were alternating to start the season, and now Trent's just on all of them, mm-hmm. uh, which is reduces Salah's value just a little bit. I'm actually surprised because I actually thought he was pretty good, um, pretty good delivery on corners as well. But um, I guess I guess Trent's just so good um, on corners too. So yeah, it's kind of a. I think I'm with you. I think um, I, <laughs> it still feels like just based on the longer track record, I still feel like Salah does does end up being like kind of the far better fantasy option by like the end of the season, you know, Mm -hmm. like I think he could outscore Mane by like 40 points or something like that. Uh, But uh, yeah, obviously right now it's basically like a draw. Yeah. I mean the, um, the Milner Salah going off minutes before, they get that penalty is had to really mess with your brain. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people said that Milner would have taken that regardless. I'm not a hundred percent sure about that. Um, I mean, he probably would have, I don't know, but like you could definitely see Salah, like just demanding the ball there. Right. Like that wouldn't, that would not shock me. There's been a, there's been a fair amount of that this season uh, amongst other teams. All right. So for sure. Anything else we need to talk about Liverpool before we take a, take a break? No, I think we're good. Okay. See you soon. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Brandon, I want to take a moment to talk about Axios. Following a team you love in 2019 can be time consuming. Trying to follow everything happening in sports, almost impossible. That's why you and I, Brandon and Josh, subscribe yeah. to Axios Sports. A, that's you, Brandon, by the mm-hmm. way. A, a, we subscribe to Axios Sports, a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox. It is the best free daily newspaper in the land. When you sign up for free at sports.axios.com, you get all the best stories from the Premier League, NFL, uh, NBA, cricket, ping pong, and everything in between. Ooh, ping it's pong. A lot, it's a lot of amazing. in-betweens. Wide yeah. range. Uh, Axios Sports also highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. It's super simple to sign up, and it is free. 
F-R-E-E, Brandon, free. Join the 100,000 sports fans, Brandon, who get caught. You've, you've already done it, Brandon, but other people who have not joined yet. Join me. Uh, well, join the 100,000 100, sports fans who get caught up the day before it even begins. And best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. This is free curated sports content delivered directly to you. Sign up at sports.axios.com. Thank you. <laughs> That's That was amazing, Josh. Josh, I have a special message for you because you know that I love Harry's Razors because it offers quality, durable blades at a fair price. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's and claim your special offer at harrys.com slash blue wire. Why try Harry's? Well, it's pretty simple. Harry's founders were two regular guys tired of getting ripped off and paying for overpriced razors. Harry's razors are available at just $2 per blade. This fall, refresh your wallet and your face with the Harry's Trial Set, which comes with a weighted ergonomic handle for an easy grip, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade for a close shave, rich lathering gel that will leave you smelling great, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy on the go. Listeners of our show can redeem that free trial set. Once again, that's harrys.com slash Blue Wire, go to harrys.com slash Blue Wire to redeem your offer and let them know that Always Cheating sent you. Always Cheating! All right, Brandon, we're back. We're into the second half of our 20-team review, and I think we're going to skip a couple of these teams in the second half. No. Just a fair warning no. yeah, to all of our... And we're not going to skip Manchester fans. City. <laughs> not Man City, but the Man United fans are our legion we respect you, but there's not a lot to say fantasy-wise about your team right now. But, Brandon, let's first start off with Man City. That is a team we can't skip. Uh, I've got a couple questions here. I'm just going to read off a bunch of questions because they're all in a similar category here. But there's a lot of this – is, this is where a lot of people are worried, I think. Okay. So <clears throat> here we go. Yeah. FPL Wannabe says, with Sterling dropping like Sterling after the Brexit referendum, is it time to drop Sterling? It's actually hard to say Sterling three times in a sentence. Boston Prof says, what to do about Man City? Stick with three players. Avoid the defense given that the injuries have clearly hurt. Avoid the offense due to rotation. It's also confusing. Uh, Chris Carey says, who's replacing Ederson in my team? Because he's off. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So, uh, in the desperately seeking Dusan says, should we drop the narrative that the likes of Oda and other weak defenders are good picks because city keeps so much possession. So starting with those latter questions, yeah. what do you, th- I mean, Oda Mende. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. So I think that we were guilty of, um, putting this message out into the universe this whole notion that city keeping the ball would just like it doesn't matter who's playing in defense Odomendi yeah. is one of the worst central defenders that i have laid eyes on in the last you know, 365 <laughs> days every he does this every single match diving in trying to make these ludicrous heroic tackles when he doesn't need to um Ken Early uh, was going off on second captains on Monday about it. All you have to do is mm-hmm. contain Raul Jimenez on that play. Instead, he just decides to dive in. And he did that at least three different times during that match. Yeah, def- City defense got to got to dump all of these guys. Dump them all. Quick. Uh- a quick anecdote about that. I was uh, I was going apple uh, apple picking yesterday afternoon with the family. We were driving upstate, and uh, my wife was driving. So I, like the addict that I am, was watching this match on my phone. And uh, uh, so the first goal happens, and I'm like, "Wow!" Like it was one of those one of those moments where I didn't even care about fantasy. I was like, "I can't believe this is happening." You know, this uh, first of all, I couldn't believe that Trey finished a 
shot. Beautifully. You know, that was amazing yeah. in of itself. <laughs> Beautifully. And then I'm sort of, I'm in the back seat with, with my, uh, with our young daughter and, uh, and I'm sort of talking to her for a minute and then I look down again and I'm like, Oh, I guess they're showing a highlight, like a, like a replay <laughs> uh-huh. of that goal. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it was like kind of the same goal, you know, Not kind I mean, of, it like, was. Yeah, it was crazy. And, and, and an even better finish, I think on the second one, same goal celebration. And then you're like, wait, the, the scores went from one to two. Like, did that just happen? Uh, it was, that was wild. I mean, it, it was one of those moments where you realize that you have not lost your soul to fantasy completely uh-huh. because I was genuinely like, I was just so excited. It was, it was so exciting. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. You know, it was so cool. Like, yeah. I think everyone kind of likes wolves, you know, like they're a fun team to root for. And like it wasn't like it wasn't some fluky kind of Norwich City thing, you know. It was like they just won. Yeah. They just like beat them fair and square, you know. And uh, that was it was exciting. They did. Uh, City certainly weren't at it during that match. Not to take anything away from Wolves and um, Mares was the standout player, the standout guilty party for me. He just didn't. He seemed to just be buckling under the pressure of KDB being out, and he's finally found his way into the starting 11 consistently and it, it didn't happen. And he, he bungled so many opportunities and not, not a lot of other players in the attack for city were all that great, but Raheem Sterling is David Silva should have had something in that match. He should. Yeah. Putting that free kick off the, um, off the frame really changed things a bit, but um, Sterling, how can you, how can you say anything different about Sterling that we weren't saying about Mo Salah just a few minutes back where it feels like the yeah. same situation where you have to, through the good times and the bad, stick with these players. And I do I do appreciate part of FPL is recognizing patterns, being quick to move, being among the first to move. But there are still um, patterns that that you have to recognize over a longer period of time. And you just look at so many seasons past Sterling will be there at the end. Yeah. You're going to be, you're going to be missing out if you, if you drop him. I don't know if that's me acting out of fear or what. No, I, I agree. I mean, he still has six goals in the season too. You know, he scored, he scored in game week seven, you know, and uh, he's been in great form and he's kind of like most Salah actually, I mean, Salah had a brace at midweek, um, you know, and Sterling scored, I think Sterling did he have a goal and an assist when he came out as a sub in the Champions League. I think he did mm-hmm. at midweek. And so, yeah, like both players just kind of used up all their goals, I guess. Um, and uh, yeah, it was actually funny because I think Robertson scored too at midweek in that Champions League. I was like a, could, they couldn't they, their Champions League form did not uh, carry over to the Premier League. Um, so I think we we talk about City a ton. So I don't think we need to go on too long about them right now. But um, I will just note quickly right before we move on that Odomende has the craziest four match scoreline you will ever see: uh, a one point return, a fifteen point return where you got a goal, a good assist, a clean sheet, and no bonus points. <laughs> uh, and then <laughs> classic. <laughs> And then a one-point return and a one-point return. So he's averaged 18 points over the last four matches. Uh, he's totaled. Almost he's totaled 18. He has an average. Yeah, he's to, he's, he has an average 18, of course. He's totaled 18 points. A, that would be amazing. It's a Luca Dean-esque run. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah, he just needs to add a couple own goals in there, and he's he's got it. I think we're very lucky that the wheels have come off the Man City defense. This is just one last thing that FPL managers have to worry about. You know, if you just chalk them off to being bad, focus your attention on the city attack and 
Um, yeah, go out there and 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 uh, relish the Lewis Dunks and the Soyunjus of the world. I agree. Maybe even bring in Diego Rico as a fifth defender. <laughs> yes, yeah, there we go. Give him more money. <laughs> uh, so Man United, as I mentioned before, I think I think we can move on. Is there anything you want to say about them? Any thoughts or I don't know thoughts and prayers? There's there's not much to say. Like Rashford's form has dropped off a cliff, and the hope with Man United was that their defense would be the thing, the consistent thing to invest in, and that also hasn't held true. And Injuries haven't helped. Maguire missing that golden opportunity in front of goal to score to score didn't happen. Yeah, there's there's no. nothing appealing about United right now. I'm sad to say. I'm kind of rooting for the Oli Revolution, but it's 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 on pause. Why? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. I will say you you were right about Daniel James though. Uh, four blanks in a row for him after uh, uh, a really hot start. I was definitely thinking about him for a little bit there. Um, but uh, I, I think he's a player who probably looks better when you have Martial and Pogba back in the yeah, side. Yeah, I think you're you right. Know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So yeah. let's let's move on to uh, to Newcastle. Um, I, I have to say I don't have a ton of th- ton of things to say about them either. I, I have one player I want to shout out, and that is okay. uh, uh, Jetro Willems, who looked phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, over the weekend he got the assist (laughs) but he was dribbling around fools left and right he was so confident on the ball quick strong i was blown away i love this guy jetro willems yeah i did not realize somehow that he was um a defender i thought he was a like a winger or something i did not like that's on me i will admit but yeah (laughs) 0.4 percent uh one goal one assist in the season uh I don't know. You know, they have a decent run of matches coming up. Like maybe the defense is worth considering. Nothing in the midfield or the attack, clearly, but maybe the defense is okay. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Bruce has kept teams up before, you know, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's something there. But, Bruce is uh, just out there yeah, trying to um, navigate this um, newspaper campaign of playing these brothers in the midfield to distract from the fact that he's a terrible it's, manager. and. Now they it sounds like a, they kind of bailed them out with these headlines. That doesn't. That sounds like a Tolkien novel, doesn't the Longstaff brothers? Or maybe, <laughs> uh-huh. maybe, maybe they have the brothers Longstaff. I could see uh, the I could see stories. the brothers Longstaff in the locker room uh, singing singing some sort of epic song while taking drags <laughs> from a from a jug of <laughs> like, weed or like one of those super long pipes, like a long smoking pipe. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Speaking of things that sound like they're from a Tolkien novel, Norwich City, uh, where we mm-hmm. must go to. Um, throw something into a volcano. Uh, we have a couple questions. Uh, I'll just read them off quickly. Yap, it's me, says, is there any cake left at the poop? We are va- just scraping the bottom of the party metaphor barrel here. <laughs> is true. there any cake it's left the at the couch? It's the new couch. It's metaphor. the new couch. Is there any cake left at the pookie party or is it now props to Yap, it's me for going for a Finland pun here or is it finished? And FPL Prince wants to know, with Pookie faltering, do we look at Wilson or Vardy? So you are a long, a once celebrating, now long-suffering Pookie owner, Josh. What's the deal? <laughs> Not that long-suffering, but yeah, three weeks. I mean, he's, he's, 
I feel like Walter Subcheck in uh, The Big Lebowski right now. You know, that scene where he pounds his hands at the diner and says, I'm staying. Mm-hmm. I'm you drinking go, my coffee. I'm, staying. I'm drinking my coffee. Supreme Court has roundly rejected prior restraint. <laughs> I am sticking for a little while longer. I'm keeping him at least for the next two matches. God help me. Uh, Bournemouth don't keep a lot of clean sheets. I think he – I don't know. I'm just like – I. If I didn't have other problems, may, yeah. dropping him again. This is like a, it feels like this is like a recurring theme right now. But dropping him is a luxury that I don't have. I have other issues that I've got to fix first, and so I'm sticking. I, I still think he looks good in the He looked better in this match than he did in the Palace match. Uh, so that was encouraging. Um, he had some chances at least. So um, yeah, it is what it is. It's not. It's not fun. But um, you know, when you bring in six point five million strikers and you start them every game week. You're going to have runs like this, you know, Um, so I'm okay. I I do think you're right. And not being a Pookie owner, it still strikes me as being correct that moving Pookie right now is a luxury move. And it assumes that you have no other issues because, yeah, ahead of that Bournemouth match, even though the away form is in play, is like you'll still have a, a striker with any track record of note. That will is guaranteed to play ninety minutes. So right. you if you probably have more pressing issues than Pookie to take care of, and just put the price drops out of your mind. You probably made money on this player to begin with, so just coast on that for um, a little while longer, um, and and you'll be okay. Yeah, I, I do think it's a luxury transfer still at this point. Yeah, and that's that's you know, Cantwell. Um, Cantwell is one who I, I think it's fine to get rid of. Um, I wouldn't bring him in a wild card probably, but having bought him at four point five million, um, I still feel like he's decent value there. I mean, he there just are no humble brags and... allowed on this podcast, Josh. So okay, <laughs> yeah, just, we'll strike that I've comment never, from the record. I have never had him for any of his actual attacking returns. He's been on my bench both times. He's had attacking returns. So okay. uh, yeah, I did not have his six points for Bad City, um, like. Shocker! I did not think he would uh, get. It, it is crazy that, that 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 Pookie and Cantwell combined for eighteen points in that match. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is wild. Although maybe less wild if we saw Dumitrori or Scar Brace. Uh, I think he had one goal in his in his Wolves career before that. So yeah, um, yeah. All right. So moving on from from Norwich to uh, to Sheffield. Sheffield's they're they're a, they're a one player team, right? It's yes. Lundstrom. That's you. It's yeah. a it's a one word section. And it's Lundstrom. He's a must have. Get him. Yeah, and I would argue that he is he is almost in a. You could you could start to really you get more serious about just starting him every week. You know, mm-hmm. I think um, in my current bus team, I actually have him starting right now. I don't think that's going to last, but um, you know, I just feel pretty good about you know i don't feel good about clean sheets in general and so why not have the player who's playing out of position you know starting yep. my team like maybe i'll mm-hmm. get an assist or a goal or something yeah i'm with you i'm going to struggle with my bus team right now lundstrom is first on my bench and diop at, uh, who is away everton is getting the start over him and you know mm-hmm. it, it's Tricky like a ma- magic eye poster like i can stare at it long and and see something different every time but uh that was rather. I don't know if that's the true way that magic eye posters work, but uh, anyway, I've never been able to see one. Uh, I've never been able to see the painting in the magic eye. I don't have like the my brain doesn't work that way or something. 
Uh, all right. Anyway, on that weird note, uh, Southampton. Pass. Is this a pass too? Yeah, yep. this is full, a pass. Full pass. Yeah, I've, I've like, I, we we could formulate a discussion over Lundstrom. I have nothing on Southampton. Goodbye. I, and like, uh, yeah, Investor Guard didn't even play uh, yesterday, so I don't know what's going on anymore. Like, why was he injured? He's not flagged, so that's that's odd. He's getting the haircut, much like David Monday during the <laughs> Breakfast Club. So, uh, Tottenham Hot Spur, Brandon. Yes. Pronounced all the syllables that time. Well done. Uh, TRPLR says, what are your thoughts on Sun? I adore him, but I'm worried about Spurs form. I'm thinking of moving him to Mount. TRPLR, I'll just jump in right now, Josh, and and Do say uh, he answered his own question. Um, Sun to Mount, that's the move. You're right to adore Sun. You're also right to be worried about Spurs form. It's pretty cut and dry for me. Yeah, I mean, we're negging these teams all down the line right now, but there's just not a lot to say. I mean, there's no one you want in this Spurs team right now. And you and I are both a little bitter, I think, for bringing in Kane yeah. uh, in game week three yeah. and having that, you know, backfire so roundly. I mean, he's just, uh, you know, if, I mean, five goals and one assist in the season. It's not like it's, uh, he's not, he hasn't humiliated himself or anything, but, <laughs> you know, it's, he yeah. doesn't look like, I mean, all you have to do is watch these matches. Like, there's no, yeah. no one who watches these matches would think, yeah, Harry yeah. Kane looks amazing at one of my fantasy yeah. team. There, these performances most most acutely um, against uh, against Brighton this weekend of like blanking on this match was so incredibly abject. Like it is the talk of the football punditry sphere. Like what is going on there? You can't explain yeah. how a team as high class as Tottenham would put in such an abject performance. There are so many worries and doubts that it it bleeds into FPL where it's just not worth investing premium prices on this team right now. Yeah, it's, it's true. I mean, they're the it's champions league prices and Europa league returns right now. So, you know, that's, that's what you're getting. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to, that was kind of clever, right? Let's, uh, let's bottle that one up, Brandon, <laughs> and put that on a t-shirt too. Mm. Well, we'll sell that with our Callum Wilson t-shirt. I love it. Uh, yeah, moving on to Watford, and I've got I've got a lot of things to say here about Watford. I know I'm, lo- I'm looking at your notes here. I don't know how we're going to get yeah. through all of this. No, oh, you know what? I actually I just hit the wrong button. I deleted oh, no. all of my notes. Oh no! That now it really... now it just says Andre Gray sixty times. <laughs> I was going to go deep. I was going. I wanted to spend twenty minutes on them. Now I guess it's just a pass. I guess we just move on. Yeah, sorry, Watford. Um, you'll bounce back. I believe. I don't know. I Maybe I. Who would you even? Let's not even. Let's not even go there. Let's yeah, not. Let's right. not uh, insult let's, our listeners. Let's not about talk Watford. about how weird it is that Decore's forum is is so off of a cliff. That's a weird one. Anyway, yes, West Ham. Let's talk about West Ham. So, both you and I uh, are on this very wobbly bandwagon of Sebastian Allaire, and yeah, I I dropped him for Tammy Abraham on Sunday. So that problem is solved. Uh, I, Mm -hmm. the, then we both bought into the West Ham defense and I think you put it pretty, uh, succinctly and it was just kind of a process of elimination. If you're already covered with Brighton and Burnley, then just looking at the upcoming fixtures, West Ham kind of wins out by process of elimination. Do you still feel the same way, even with Fabianski out for quite a long time now? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think so. I mean, I didn't. Roberto seemed fine in that match. I, 
even the goals I felt like were kind of fluky. I mean, I, I didn't think that Crystal Palace were threatening too much. It was kind of just fluky. I mean, the, the first, the Declan Rice handball was just dumb. Like it was just silly, you know? And, uh, and then that, that Jordan Ayew goal was just a weird VAR, like kind of the ball just kind of fell to him. It was like a little breakdown and play, but it came after a, a free piece one, or, I mean, a set piece one by Zaha who had just been kind of torturing, yeah. uh, you know, the, that whole team all match. Um, so I, I still feel okay about that defense. I think they're pretty solid, actually. In general, I thought Ogbonna had a pretty good game, and so mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't know. I feel, I feel fine with them, uh, and I, I'm not, I don't regret the the, the transfer. I think um, I don't know that I'm going to start them away to Everton, but then after that, you've got uh, uh, what is it? Yeah, Sheffield, Newcastle, and Burnley in the next three, and I plan to start my defenders for all three of those. Mm-hmm. Um, I will so Yarmolenko we really like we talked about him on last week's podcast and I still I'm still okay with Allaire I mean I don't feel like awesome about him but um, you know again their run is great and so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep the faith for right now um, the one thing I will note about this West Ham team is they need a Mark Noble replacement <laughs> like he is I know he's like the captain of the team and much love but like that team is way too reliant on Mark Noble I feel like to start <laughs> anything you know mm-hmm. it's like they need a they need someone who can link up better between the the defense and the and the forwards yeah. because you have these super creative players and Felipe Anderson and Miguel Lanzini uh and Allaire too I think who you know he knocks down the ball really he's got like, he's got like a little he's like a faster Giroud in some ways I'm not sure he doesn't finish as well as Giroud but he's got some Giroud kind of qualities and um you know it just but it feels like they're kind of everything kind of slows down while they wait for Mark Noble to <laughs> to sort of bring up the ball yeah, and get it to them. Maybe. I mean, I'm I'm actually a Mark Noble fan. I'm part of the Mark Noble Appreciation Society. That's my dark secret. Mm-hmm. I actually really like him. So Okay. <laughs> well, fair enough. I think he's old and slow. So <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. We can we can have a it, it only helps the podcast to have differentiating different different opinions on uh Mark Noble. And Mark Noble, that's true. Uh, all right, final team, Brandon Wolves. Finally, finally, something to talk about with Wolves. I know, they I, finally emerged. Yeah, I tweeted this earlier, and so I, I guess I'm going to repeat myself here in the podcast. But Jimenez is so, suddenly a very interesting asset. He is 7.1 million. He so he's, he's dropped 0.4 since the start of the season. He did not get called up by the Mexican national team. It's under 10% ownership. This team has finally found some decent form. He's been immune to Europa League rotation so far in the season. He's on penalties. And they play Southampton, Newcastle, and Aston Villa in three of the next four. And even Arsenal away is not a bad fixture, really. Um, is there any interest in Raul Jimenez? Do you know who else had a standout performance against Manchester City only to go quiet for three successive matches? <laughs> Don't do it to me. No, don't don't even say his name. I can't. Jimenez is the new Pookie. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously, we've had some great times with Jimenez. He was he was the Tammy Abraham last season. Just incredible value, great goal scorer, fun player to watch. It was fun to watch him dribble circles, just basically do donuts around Otamendi over the weekend. But it's just one. Mm-hmm. It's one performance. What. And what we don't know is how much that performance was an outlier because what we truly know of Wolves 
this season is that they've been sluggish and run ragged by the Europa League. And I just want to see one more complete performance before I'm going to get sucked into it. And that's like, I, I basically can't argue with any of these things where Jimenez is a, is a tremendous player, tremendous FPL asset. And he's finally getting at 7.1 to a price that feels better. Uh, but that said, it's I'm I'm not ready yet, Josh. I know you want to get married, but I'm not ready yet. Yeah, I'm just kind of I'm I'm I'm, I'm looking for something. I want to I want to like. So that's it, right? I'm looking You're, for that fun player yeah, to bring it, in. And is know? that is that yeah. it? Is he going to be a poison that a lot of managers are just like? I want not a lot is working. Oh, him and as he's good, he had a great performance. I'm going to buy in that and see if that's going to be some going to spark something this season. So I just worry that people are going to buy into that and they're just going to end up, you know, backsliding with Jimenez. Well, that could, that could be, I mean, I'm not like, I have not made my, my, (laughs) my proposed Jimenez transfer yet or anything like that, but it's, I'm just saying that it's I'm I'm a little intrigued. I, I he's he's turned my head a little bit. Yeah. You know, in this in this in this moment where you're getting a little bored, a little frustrated, he could be he could be a fun asset. I don't know. Okay. Little, like, let yeah, me, I mean, do, let, is he better than Abraham or Wilson? No. Yeah. And okay, I don't want to yeah, because this is the last team. I don't want to end this section being super negative. Um it is good. It's a good thing. And I hope that Wolves and Jimenez in particular really comes back because they would be a great addition to our FPL discussions every week. I want yeah. it to happen. I'm hopeful. It's just kind of like I'm uh, trying to proceed with caution. Fair. Yeah. I think that's a, I think I can't really disagree with you on that one because he's like he's like eighth on like the list of forwards you'd really want right now you know if you include like Firmino and Vardy in that category too mm-hmm. um and you have to put him below Callum Wilson you have to put him below Tammy even I mean even Alaire is like a flip a coin you know over who's the better asset at least over the next few game weeks so um I'm glad we talked this out. Um, you're right. Uh, Jimenez sucks. And, uh, <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. What about yeah, Triori at uh, um, five million for your midfield? So if you're looking to replace Cantwell, can I sell? Speaking of flavors of the week, just based on one performance, <laughs> yeah. a yeah. guy who's like uh, never scored a goal ever, and he comes off a brace. I'm amazed that he has that he's played 90 minutes in four of the last five. Uh, I, I don't think of him as a, as a real starter in that team. I, yeah. Is he replacing somebody? I guess uh, he's playing in Doherty's spot, and then when Doherty came on in right. the second half, Triori moved up front. Right. Yeah. So he's kind of playing like he's playing like a like a spot back then, basically. Right. Yeah. Um, and then he got both of his goals when he was playing as a right. as more of a you know wide band. You know, so it's true. You, so, yeah. you go by the uh, Peter Blake rule of don't buy into players who are playing positions farther back in the field. Uh, yeah. So he's so by that logic, Triore is a stay away. I want to enjoy Triore, and I feel like I wouldn't if he was in my team. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Very good point. Uh, all right, so that's that's the podcast. Oh, actually, no one one last question. Sorry, Brian. One last question. Okay, Ryan Hammond says. On Thoughts on Bowley? He rotates well with Lundstrom. Um, this defense, what do you think? Two clean sheets in a row. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, and Bowley is the, uh, I guess he's the best goal scorer in that uh, back line. 
I guess if you're just looking for the cheaper central defenders. Well, yeah, I think Doherty's got to have that. that well, I, I guess I'm just yeah. speaking of Doherty is kind of priced out of this conversation by virtue of being, him being sure. like six million. Six million. Uh, yeah. I'm just thinking of between Cody, Bali, and Bennett, uh, which, you know, that's just a, a murderer's row of FPL assets right there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like two syllable FPL uh, assets. Yeah. It's like I mean we're we're living in this uh, window of four point five defenders or no one else, and I feel like Wolves' defense is really only palatable um, at the bargain rates, just given what we've talked about about having what about what we've seen from Wolves this season. So, yep, I think not, that's the I feel not. Yeah, I think that's the perfect last word there because um, I, I agree with that. It's at four point five, I'd be really tempted to, but not at not at five million. Yeah. That's the pot. That's it. All right. Those are our thoughts. Yeah. It moves fast when you skip past a bunch of teams. Uh, uh, I'll just say once again, thank you to, uh, thanks everyone for, for waiting a day for the pod. Thank you to everyone who supports the podcast on Patreon. Uh, if you'd like to support the podcast there, you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Um, and Brandon, you want to thank our producers? Absolutely. Big thanks as always to our producers. You're magnificent. Peter Bodechtel, Barry McGuire, Paul Hertzig, Victor Forberg, Skogang, Alan Creasy, Blair Jacobson, Nick Wright, Stein Nahaus, Kaya Kirstein Lelang, Brian Chin, Travis West, Frederick Keen Gransky, Dave Wagner Lodal. Thanks for trying to co-host last night, Dave. Brian Jacobson, Andy Penn, <laughs> Jazz Binning, Chris Carter, Baba's Coon, James Holland, Ben Grant, Jeff Husby, Trevor Ingerson, Brian T, Jim Payne, Adam Benjamin, Martin Savage, Chris Howell. Chris Howell's just got the best Twitter game going right now. I have to say that right now, Josh. That's this true. man loves so college football. Too. Steve, and I won't let you forget it. Also, Stephen Toomey, the beer master extraordinaire, and the OG, Mike DiPietro. Rate and review always cheating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Acast, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Also, give us a follow on social media. On Twitter, it's at Hail Cheaters. Instagram, at at hail cheaters i can get through this i swear facebook.com <laughs> slash always cheating send us your emails hail cheaters at gmail.com and visit our website where you can find our shop a link to the super league all sorts of other cool stuff always cheating.com last but not least we want to shout out our brand new patreon supporters josh i'll give you the honors thank you Lord Soloth patrons, thank you to Brian Gibson, Barry Bruce, Ronan O'Laughlin, and Mark Convey. Pookie patrons, thank you to Timothy Bentalilla and Ryan Hemmings. Thanks to all of our new patrons. Very much appreciated. All right. Yeah. Uh, I, good luck to everyone um, sort of dealing with their IBS right now. Um, I'm going to have to go tend to it uh, at, at the moment. Uh, but we'll be back for another pod and a proper Game Week 9 preview next Monday, hopefully on time. Should be on time. And uh, we'll have a special guest that we'll announce on social media, which will be fun. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, that guest. I, uh, I I know who the guest is, but I will not I will not announce it here on this podcast. So uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. I look forward to hearing that. And Brandon, thank you for doing this pod i am surprised that doing it twice did not feel like a like a drag it was actually pretty fun to uh to just just talk in fantasy all i was it's always fun it's so. just two it's just two friends talking fantasy that's all it is <laughs> that's, that's exactly right that's our that's our sales pitch right there <laughs> thank you for listening we'll see you next week bye poku forever
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.